1: Hello, I'm Heather Barnes, food and product photographer and storyteller behind the lens. Our Austin-based team is all about visual
0: solutions. For your brand, it's essential for your product to be memorable and have stickiness. Our clients like Ghirardelli, Tiff's Streets, and Natamu choose our photography to develop positive associations with their brand. They call our work inspiring because it moves consumers into a relationship with their company. And we
2: can do the same for you. Learn more today at HeatherBarnes.com, focused on you, your story, and your success with memorable photography garnished with love. We're taking the show on the road. Come on, baby, let's go.
0: Back up the truck. Hey, and welcome back to Success Made the Last Legends. I'm Rick Tokini. You know, on today's show is Mark James. He is a legendary songwriter who wrote Suspicious Minds for Elvis and Hooked on a Feeling for B.J. Thomas. I've been wanting to have him on the show forever. And uh, we found a way to get in touch with him, and I want to thank you know, all the individuals that were involved in that process. When I look Back on this experience with Mark, I I think about the following. Why do ordinary people often find a way to hit targets in life that no one else can see or hear? I mean, that is the case with Mark James. You're going to enjoy listening to his heart and you're going to enjoy listening to the journey and especially how he unpacks the song Always On My Mind, which was he was an integral part of that. I love the story of how he collaborated to produce the greater story the greater song behind always on my mind i hope that you enjoy this program too and welcome back to success made the last i'm rick Tokini. this is our legend show and it's sponsored by thermo joe heather barnes media as well as gracefully yours greeting cards i've been waiting a long time to get to talk to this guy it's texas born songwriter mark james he first came to prominence. Penning Hooked on a Feeling, a number five hit for B.J. Thomas. And uh, most of y'all heard our conversation with B.J. And later, Blue Suede uh, took it and transformed it into a 1974 chart topper. However, Mark's biggest career break occurred when Elvis cut his song, Suspicious Minds, which landed him a monster number one hit around the world. And in the most recent Elvis movie, Everybody knows now, Mark, that that song kind of uh, rocketed Elvis back into his number one position. But one of the things I love most about Mark is his contribution and collaboration in songs, uh, like always on my mind. Mr. Mark James, welcome to Legends, and it's so great to get to honor you today. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. You bet. You bet. All right, so we're going to ask you a variety of questions today. Let's let's start a little bit with your childhood and upbringing. Where, where were you brought up? Are are you truly a Texas boy? Oh yeah, I was brought up in
1: Houston, Texas, uh, and uh, I was brought up there. My my dad was Italian, and uh, my mother was from uh, Longview, Texas, and so uh, yeah, <laughs> we were all
0: Texans, you know. Oh my. And, and of all those those Texans that you grew up around, um, I understand that that you started with a violin and that was maybe oh, around fifty nine or, or uh maybe in the fifties rather. And uh one of our um local uh songwriters wants to know, do you still have your hands on that violin? Uh, I pick it up now I and mean, then. I bought
1: I bought a mini violin uh, to use in my studio, and I've been using that a little bit to play on things, you know. But uh, oh yeah, I I uh, I started playing that when I was six or seven, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> my dad first brought in to my room uh accordion. I said I don't think so, you know. And then he brought the violin, and showed me the violin, and yeah, I you was know, so young. you know, I said, it ran a lot like a bow and arrow maybe, I don't know. <laughs> so uh that's, I said, yeah. But I got real good on it. I played that, man, many years and uh until about uh nineteen fifty seven or something, uh I stopped I got off of it because I started forming a band mm-hmm. in uh in Texas and that's what happened. But yeah, oh, yeah, I was a uh, concert master of junior high school
0: and all wow. that I mean, when you, could, uh, you know, you know. That's amazing. And you know, it's when I look at the people that I've always wanted to interview, all of the uh, I would say the top three, their real names are Francis. So tell me tell me about being Francis Zambone back in the fifties.
1: Well, that's why I changed my name to mark james, and uh uh back in the fifties, nobody could pronounce anything I don't think because no. I go to sit in clubs, and I did that all the time and uh they say, uh well, we have uh Francis Zamboni in the crowd and I uh, to come up or, or you know just they goof it up many ways and uh I said, "Well, I don't need this because you don't feel like performing when they do that." Uh, but uh, so uh, you, uh, you uh, I, I was driving down the road, and all of a sudden, it's like a hit song. Mark James came to me. I said, "Well, not bad." And uh, I, and I lived with it about six months, and I said, "Still not bad." So I started recording a, recording under that name on, in nineteen sixty. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been using it ever since. Matter of fact, I was going to use it. I was going to change, uh, get my whole name in. I was going to change my name to Mark Zamb Mark J F Zambon. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh,
1: 2001 hit, and it, <clears throat> it was too late. You had to travel with, you know, your uh, what your name was, you know.
0: That's so right. That's what happened. Yeah. That makes sense. And you started the Mark James Trio, and I understand you had uh, two songs that were regional hits here: "Running Back" and "She's Gone Away." But did you also do "Jive Note"?
1: Oh yeah, "Jive Note" was uh, Francis Ambon and the Naturals. That was our first hit. That was number one uh-huh. record in Houston. Uh, and the uh, we had that and. Uh, the uh, and by the way, the uh, she's gone away with Huey Moe was uh, that broke the singles records in, in
0: uh, Louisiana
1: in 1964. Uh, it, it, it was huge, yeah,
0: that's amazing. Why, why did it catch on in Louisiana? It was uh, <laughs> it was a
1: Louisiana type song, anyway, but
0: uh, and uh, I guess Huey
1: promoted it
0: there you know but uh, yeah, yeah. But, there's uh, a there's it, something to be said mark about songs that catch on in louisiana jambalaya being one of them which you know all too well sure. but it's all it's i've always thought about you know I've i've lived in houston like you did and i always thought that louisiana was almost a foreign country when you cross over the river
1: that's true that's true you know, talking about that, I played a lot of clubs at Houston, and uh, 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 an a artist joined our group because we lost a sax player, and he played sax, too, and the artist was Link Davis, and Link mm-hmm. Davis was one of those uh, uh, Louisiana-recognized guy. He had Jolie Blonde, Big Mamou, and a lot of hits, you know, uh,
0: but... Uh, he was a character too, you know. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. So, um, along the way, um, you were growing as a songwriter. But I, having done some research on you, it seems to us that at your core is a great storyteller. And we uh, we came across a quote from your good friend B.J. Thomas, who said. Uh, that Mark is so good at telling stories in a concise way. He says, I think a lot of his songs, they will stand up all these years later. It's like a hit waiting to happen. Who who in the world taught you to think in a concise manner and be such a great storyteller?
1: Well, I've always loved uh, uh, great films. I'm, I love films, too. I always love great films, I love great songs, I love great artists. And you can recognize them. They, they stand out, you know. And uh I I've always been a guy that I don't I don't want to write a song that I want to I want to write a song that uh will be remembered forever. And that's how I write. Uh you know, sometimes you just sit down and you write a song and uh you know but uh, and sometimes you don't always hit your mark, but at the same time, when you got something good.
2: 18- plus
1: they can be great or, 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 or unique uh you better stay with it and get it right and mm. uh, uh these are the songs that actually i just like songs that are you know worth uh worth remembering uh, you know
0: you bet you bet and songs that we can hum and whistle And uh, I think you're in the happy business as much as you are in the music business. happy. (laughs) Your song, your songs make us happy. And I remember um, going to a a BJ Thomas concert in 76 or 77 and coming out of there going, I got to buy his greatest hits albums. And I love, I love the songs and the stories and I guess to, that's a nice bridge, too. I'd love for you to tell us about your very, very special friendship with B.J. Thomas.
1: Well, B.J. and I – B.J. was from uh, Houston also, kind of out of Houston a little bit. But, like, uh, uh, B.J. and I kind of met uh, when I was recording uh, She's Gone Away. Hmm. You know, I came out of the uh, recording uh, Studio And uh, there was BJ And he said, Mark, I'd like to Like you to take me in and produce Some things on me uh, You know, and I said Well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to be on the road Here in uh in a, in a, in a, next week Through a couple of weeks, but I'll be Back Once uh, you come back then and we'll, we'll talk, you know And uh, I never saw him again Uh from that point on, but uh, uh, there was a time that uh, when I went to Memphis, uh, I called him and I more or less got him up there. You know, I I more or less told him, you know, that that, uh, I think this would be good for you. You know, Mm. man, I think it would be real good for you. Even when I went up there uh, the house band in America. I had to listen to them for a while and said, well, how can I get a hit with these guys? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, because, uh, but they were real talented and that's why, you know, uh, but, uh, but uh, I don't know. It's like, uh, I think they were cutting more R&B, than anything, and, and like more uh, uh, pop country things, you know, type type sure. things, like Sandy Posey, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but BJ and I, we can became, became even more friends up in uh, Memphis because we live right next door to each other in an apartment. Oh my god! We had a lot of fun, and uh, and uh, and. Um, well, I go into that when I, I, of course, I had wrote uh, Asked a New York Woman. And I said, let's go down to the studio and play it with chips. And uh, we went down there and played it with chips. And he said, hey, man, he loved it. And uh, and let's do it. And so uh, we did it. And uh, and then the second one was like Hooked on the Feel. And uh, I brought BJ down to my apartment and played it to him on my piano. And he says, Mark, that's a little high. Can can we drop it down a little bit? I said, man, I said, you know, BJ, not many people can sing it like that in that that range. I said, man, let's leave it up there. You know, you sound great up there, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, I talked him into it. I'm glad I did, you know.
2: (laughs) No kidding. Hi, everybody. This is Cliff Rose. I'm one of the inventors of the Thermojo temperature-controlled heating coffee mug. I'm calling from beautiful downtown Fairfield, Iowa, and I'm sitting here enjoying a perfect cup of coffee with the new Thermojo heating coffee mug. The Thermojo solves the age-old problem of your coffee getting cold fast, like before the end of a phone call. And if you're a tea drinker, we have you covered as well with our custom tea infuser. Check it all out at thermojoe.com and use promo code SUCCESS1 and get a 30% discount. That's a really good deal. Just visit us at thermojoe.com. That's thermojoe.com. And we are back with our legend, uh, Mark James. And
0: uh, Mark, on this side of the show, um, I'm going to ask you some uh, lightning round questions that came from a variety of uh, Austin musicians and songwriters who said, Rick, you got to be kidding me. You've got Mark James on the show. And I said, it is one of the big blessings of my life. And so here's, this is in a, uh, these aren't in any particular order. Here's the first one. What was your initial response to Blue Suede's version of Hooked on a Feeling with Uga Shaka?
1: Well, you know, I had moved to New York and uh, Capitol Records called me. And they says, "We want you to come over, and listen son. we want you to come over." I didn't know why they what they wanted, but I you know got in a cab and I went over there, and uh they played me the blue suede record, and I said, "Well, this isn't uh b the way that I heard it originally, and the way I heard the mm-hmm. song i said but uh but this is a fun record." and and it, and it's uh uh you know, beside the ugachuca thing, I said it's a well very well made record very well made engineered record and i said uh I said I would buy it if I were you they messed they messed around and passed, and they didn't buy it and capital they uh, uh Columbia, I think it was no I, i'm sorry, uh Columbia was the one that called me in New York. And capital was the one in l a and and they said uh all of a sudden, capital realized what that was and what they had, and they reeled them back in and offered them a deal and so that's how that happened they uh, ah. they realized what they had, and they reeled them back in and put that out. It was number
0: one in you know many countries, you know that's right, that's right, cool. Um, uh, John Christian wants to know, uh, what's the most fun collaborative team that you've ever been on to write a song? Uh, You know, co-writers you mean? Yes, sir.
1: Uh, probably, uh, you know, probably writing with, uh, uh, Johnny or uh, Wayne Carson or, you know, Um, I, you know, I'm a solo writer most of the time, but I get with friends of mine, you know, Mm -hmm. that's uh, you know, I got with Mac, you know, to a point, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but I would say (laughs) working with Wayne or Johnny Christopher,
0: that was, we had some fun times, you know. I bet so. I bet so. Um. Steve McCarthy wants to know about um the most favorite bridge you've ever penned and more specifically just tell us how you wrote Always on My Mind.
1: Well, that's a kind of a different story. Uh that that uh I was at American Studios and uh I was about to leave you know, I had been working so hard. I mean, I had hits, and I was trying to follow up hits and all this stuff. Man, I, I wanted to get out of my own head. I wanted to go see a movie or something and watch, hear somebody else's story. And, sure. man, I was so tired of that, you know. So, and, and then all of a sudden, the door opened to another writer's room, and Wayne said, uh, Mark, would you like to help write a song? Uh, and and uh, I said, well, Let's hear it. And uh, he he played me a piece of it. And I heard the melody in it. And I said, okay, okay. And uh, they were really writing these things on, on guitar. And it was kind of like a, it was kind of more country. And uh, what I did was come in and I said, let's do it this way. And I said, I started walking it down kind of like uh, kind of like Hooked on a Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and they had they had their lyrics to a point. I said, uh, let's do that. Let's let's use this. Let's do that. And they had their first verse in that course. But I said, let's double up on that uh, course uh, where we say you're always on my mind. You're always on my mind.
2: You know, yeah, let's
1: double that. Uh, and and uh, then when I got to the second verse, uh, what they had uh, was not right at all. I mean, it was like uh, the flow that they had, with, like the first verse. Mm-hmm. I said, let's let's do it this way. And I said, let's say, uh, um, let's come in. And I said, let's write, put there. Let's, maybe I didn't hold you. And Wayne realized what I was trying to do. And he says, okay, all those lonely, lonely times. And I said, right. And, uh, and I guess I never told you. And he said, yeah, I'm so happy that you're mine.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: we had the uh, course like I've been doing. And then when we got to the end of that,
2: That's chumbacasino.com. dot com. No purchase necessary. D W void we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. I think we needed to break it
1: up a little bit. So I started playing the bridge the way I did. And, and, I, and I wanted it short because uh and by the way, uh I had been saving a musical part of of the uh the song uh where it sounds like a uh uh, inversion of, of a chord that uh, builds up the whole course, mm-hmm. And uh, I had been saving that for another song. And when I uh, he asked me to play on that song, that's where I added, put that in. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe I didn't know, you know. It was lonely, lonely times. Um, and I guess I never told you. I'm so happy. That's your mom, maybe that's my violin days. I don't know, but <laughs> i i added that in, and that made the song special to me and uh and so when I went to I started walking the song down, I knew that we needed a real short bridge because uh I wanted that to be a solo when we came out of that because it was so, so good. And uh, we'll catch you at the bridge,
0: you know, and that's what happened, you know. What a great story that I just, I love hearing that. And, and that, uh, my friends, uh, songwriters out there, that's how great collaborative work happens. And it sounds like you y'all were all listening to each other and y'all were all open to new ideas and kind of, all blending in your experience.
1: Well, Wayne had been. Uh, Wayne started that song, but I, I got to tell you, it was uh, a lot more country than you heard. Because when they were doing the second verse, I think they were more or less treating it like a uh, second verse. Well, maybe I, I driving a truck and all this stuff. I was, you know, driving you around and thinking about it, you and know, all this stuff and. I said, no man, that's why I said maybe I didn't hold you. Let's keep that melody like it is, you know. Uh, and so I, I just think uh, they were—they might have been trying to use that uh, as a uh, more or less the chorus, like uh, where uh, uh, I don't know. They, uh, but anyway. When I went in there, I said, "Let's do it this way." You asked me right, and here I hear it, is what I hear. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, that's, that's that's how we did it. You know, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Fantastic. Please take a few minutes just to thank all the people that along your journey that have made you a significant songwriter.
1: Well, a lot of artists I heard, heard on the radio. As a kid, uh, a lot of people in the music business or musicians, I'll start there, like blues artists. When I, the only way you got made any money, you had to go to play blues clubs and I play guitar and I love blues too. And so uh, there was an art uh, musician in Texas called Joey Long played guitar. He was a great, great guitarist. And there's also another great artist there called Rockin' David Allen. There was a great artist. And uh those two guys were really great. And uh there's a lot of great bands at that time in Houston, you know. Uh uh but uh and then uh, I, I guess I'd like to thank uh Huey Mo. I guess I'd like to thank uh uh and Smallman, Don Cruz, uh Felton Jarvis with Elvis presley uh, uh i do even like to think uh, uh, uh golly, I can't even think <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i'll think of I'll think of in a minute, but like uh there's so many great people that uh this business that uh you know really nice and you know kind of helped me along the way you know you bet and uh you know it takes somebody it's like a song you have to believe in that and you also have to believe in people but you got to believe in yourself mostly because if you don't nobody else will and nobody will see that, what you what you believe in, as far as a song or nothing. Uh, and you have to, with that, you kind of shoot for something and you kind of know what you're trying to do. And you try to capture that. It's kind of like capturing a butterfly that go out the window so fast, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, but hopefully you can. Uh <laughs> With me, with me, I got where I I I, I, I could uh, memorize. Uh, I, my, my, I built up my memory where I could try retain, try to retain what I just heard. Especially if I had a dream or something, I got up and I said, "Yeah, that's, that was good." But uh, when I hear something, I've got to hear it more than one or two verses. I got to hear. Mostly, I've got a huge war is going, you know. Uh,
0: but am I getting off track here, you actually- no, 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 no. I I, <laughs> I appreciate what you were just saying, and you know, you you brought up the the uh, name of Elvis throughout the conversation today, and I've got a this is this is a Ricky question for you. I watched uh, Carla and I, my wife, and I watched the movie about Elvis, and we saw the. The control that, at least, it was displayed in the movie by Colonel Tom Parker. And then we're doing research on you, and we heard that Elvis wanted more songs from you. And that question came up: Well, why didn't that message ever get to Mark? That Elvis wanted more songs. And I'm, we'd love for you to comment on what do you think happened? That that uh, you know, as we celebrate you and go ahead.
1: I don't know if uh, it was the Nashville musicians
0: Mm.
1: or what. I don't know. But uh, uh, I I know that Elvis says, I mean, he'd come out of the studio every time and said, did Mark send me a a song? Send Mm -hmm. me a song. He must have said that two or three times, somebody told me. And uh, I said, golly, if somebody had told me I'd be in that studio, you know, and, uh, you know, to this day, Rick, I, I don't know. I don't know why that happened because, uh, you know, when Elvis needed the song and i like to help him, i like to see if I can capture that, you know, but, uh, that wasn't right. Yeah. For Elvis, sir, for me, but, uh, but it's okay. I mean,
0: We've all moved out from that, yeah. You got it. You got it. I I appreciate what you just said. I think, I just think that it's interesting to parallel that control and, uh, you know, maybe even greater songs would have been produced for him and written by you, but you know what? What you've written is a treasure and how he sang it is a treasure. So that's that's what we celebrate. And um, I'm going to move on to a, couple of last questions for you um, locally our friend uh, Chuck Interante said that uh, Brian Wilson was inspired by the production values of the Beatles and Phil Spector we're wondering who inspired you from a production value perspective
1: uh, well I guess great records did, did uh, most of all I mean uh I wasn't, uh, you know, I was a different artist growing up. I mean, Beatles were let on down the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't into them too much. But uh, but, uh, I, but I got to tell you, I got drafted when I had that She's Gone Away. I had a number one record and I was drafted. And uh, uh, I could hear their record playing the first record they put out on the radio. And uh, so, well, uh, it's okay, you know. Uh, you know, and, uh, but as I got to listening to them, I listened to the writing, and I, I said, uh, the song called, and I, and I love her. And I said, well, they can write. I can tell that, you know, uh, this kind of unique, you know, in its own way. And I could tell that a long time, when they first started, and, uh, uh, and and they grew. You know, people love to latch on to someone that they can grow with over time, and that's mm-hmm. what happened. But as far as production values, uh, I let great records. I mean, uh, from uh, uh, I mean, from rock workers to pop workers to. Uh, um, there, there are a lot of great ones. I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of great New York records too. You know, uh, but uh, there's all kind uh, kinds of records. I mean, uh, uh, when you think about that, there, you, you, know, you love Chuck Willis when I was growing up, and he had a lot of great songs, great records. C. C. Rider, I mean, I have tons of. Fast Domino, I love Fast Domino. You know, big fan of Fats. I mean, uh, uh, big fan of Buddy Holly too. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, and you know, I was not want to, I wanted I all the stories. You know, I was good-looking guy that stood there and sang. Uh, I, I believe I was about as strong as my song, and that's how I looked at it. And, and so, I my song had to be strong from mm-hmm. me. So uh, that's how I looked at it, you know. But uh, it's, uh, you know, it, I think that worked out for me. But the only problem was, and by the way, I didn't mention that a while back. The She's Gone Away. That was the song that Huey Moe asked me to record. He said, I think it'd be a hit on you. I said, do you think so? And uh, I, I rearranged it, and they added a part to the song myself and uh that's when I recorded it that way and uh but uh I didn't rent that one but I learned something you know uh, as an artist uh you know when you if you don't you can keep writing songs as a writer artist but when mm-hmm. you don't have one you better take a great song because uh it doesn't matter you, you just keep your fans happy because when you let your fans down, they, they're they going to eventually lock on to somebody else.
0: That's right. Well, that's exactly you know. right. Yep, that's right. Uh, Mark, um, one of our um, local guys, friends, wants to unpack Hooked on a Feeling. And so if you will indulge us for a second. The end question in this is about why is it important for a songwriter to r- write about things that they know best? And this is their question. Hooked on a feeling tells the tale of a man who's enjoying the excitement of falling in love, but he's unable to resist all the deep feelings inside. And they, they wrote to me and they said, Mark was again inspired by his childhood sweetheart. So what we like to know is what for songwriters out there, why is it so darn important to write about stuff that you really know about in your heart and soul? Well, when you
1: write something that you believe in and you feel, lyrics sometimes flow to you more and, mm-hmm. you know, re- and it's real. And, uh, if it's not real, you need to try another time, but, uh, Uh, But I also wanted to write that song uh, when you're – you can be high on drugs, but I wanted to show the relationship you can be just as high on someone. And and Mm -hmm. so uh, that's how I tried to write the song, Uh, you know, using drugs more or less as the – you know, uh, I can't stop the ceiling deep inside of me because you just don't realize what you do to me when you hold me. All that, and then we got into, uh, that's the sweetest candy, the taste stays mm-hmm. on my mind. Or you keep me thirsty for another cup of wine. Uh, you know, all these things were like uh, alcohol, drugs, whatever. Uh I was just trying to say that uh, feelings for someone can be just as, just as strong. Uh, that's right. And so that's how I tried to write it. Uh, and the, kid, the killer to the song that came to me in the, in the middle of the night was,
0: I don't believing in that you're in love with me. What a line. Powerful <laughs> line. That's Thanks. C- crazy powerful. You you remind me so much of a conversation we had with uh, Johnny Mercer's family and how Johnny Mercer wrote Moon River and the Days of Wine and Roses and on and on and on. And it's like he's got these ideas flowing into your head, and he would lay down, look up, and then get – get a piece of paper and write stuff down and um he wrote about uh moon river and my huckleberry friend based on walking down to the river and picking huckleberries and he had a very special friend he did that with so it was all about what he saw and heard
1: yep yep i can see that yeah uh uh you know uh when you go through life, sometimes you just remember things that, uh, and you don't need dark things. You don't, uh, uh, unless you're talking about hard, hard blues or something. But, uh, but I would stick to the light, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, I would just write things that uh, you know, and you've been there, and you believe in, or even if you hadn't been there. I mean, I "I Was a New York Woman." I've never live there, but uh, you can write hit songs without doing that, you know. But uh, but when you know when you uh, when you know things and you've been there, it's it's a lot easier. Uh, Things kind of come to you more what you're trying to say. Like I said, when you when you believe in something or what you're doing, you kind of know the direction you're going. And so that's how
0: uh, uh, lyrics come to you and you form that. Mm. Well said. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for being on Legends. It was an honor to honor you. And, uh, you know, we close every show by saying on your busy, fast pace of trying to be successful, do something significant along the way, your music is so significant in our lives, and I just want to thank you on behalf of our Austin-based team and all of our fans here, and tell you thank you today for your accomplishments, and keep up your work of significance. Thank you so much, Greg. I
1: appreciate it. You bet. You bet.
0: That was Mark James. Thank you, Mark, for uh, being on our show today, and uh, we appreciate him being here and allowing us to honor him and uh, man, I just love his songs. And wasn't that great to uh, unpack Always On My Mind? Uh, folks, thank you for joining us today. And uh, we appreciate our sponsors of today's show, Gracefully Yours Greeting Cards, along with uh, Thermo Joe and Heather Barnes Media. And until next time, we always wish you a good life of doing something significant along your journey. Have a good one. I'm sorry I was blind
2: This is Carla from Gracefully Yours Greeting Cards. Did
0: you know that there are over 300,000 churches in America with kitchens? And inside those kitchens are millions of church kitchen ladies that serve potluck meals and wisdom. Inspired by these women, Gracefully Yours has created 24 different greeting cards that range from birthday to encouragement to thinking of you. Church kitchen ladies say the funniest things like crunch tacos. Not abs. Mind your own biscuits, and life will be gravy, and shh, your crazy is showing. If you want to spread some funny on the sandwich of life, buy Church Kitchen
2: Ladies cards today at gracefully-yours.com.